Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. this Saturday morning. We are out and about. Michelle Bodkin across from me, Jay Catch here. Michelle, we are at Murdoch Chevrolet up here in Woods Cross. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, well, we're just having fun. That's the biggest thing about this. And the one thing about the Murdochs, I've worked in radio. This is, I just had somebody ask me actually last night doing high school football, how long I've been doing radio for. I was like, I had to total up, I think, 14 years. So I'm like, oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, it has. But Murdoch's been along for the ride the entire way. So uh, excited to be here all the same. But uh, let's start off today's show and get your highlight of the week. Ooh, my highlight of the week. You know what? It was probably actually kind of last Saturday. Okay. Um, I had a friend in town. He scouts now for the NFL. Oh, yes. 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 Uh, he... Uh, he he scouts for the NFL. I won't say which NFL team, okay. um, but he he worked with me with the Stallions. Uh, and the last time I saw him was actually in Mobile a couple years ago All right. for for the Senior Bowl. Haven't seen him in a couple of years. This was actually his first time back in Salt Lake since the Stallions died. But we went in, really? yeah, we went and grabbed some drinks. He now he now has this area, so he'll be around a little bit more. Okay, I'll get to see him a little through the fall, so that'll be really fun. But yeah, just got got some drinks. Went went to the Green Pig. Enjoyed the ah. view on the rooftop bar. Uh, and caught up, caught up on life, and it was really great. So I love it when I can catch up with some of my stallion people, and, and it was a good time and kind of ironic that it came on the weekend that the Pac-12 was, died. Oh, I was gonna, well, it's not dead yet, but it's pretty it's, dead. Yeah, it's pretty dead. It's pretty dead. No, no doubt about that. Uh, highlight of my week, real easy. High school football is back. I was on the call last night, uh, Timpanogos and Jordan. Uh, 92 points scored between the two teams. We had a we had a lot of points scored. Uh, Timpanogos looks really, really good. It was fun to be back on the grind, as I like to call it, calling mm-hmm. high school football. But it's it pretty fun to, to just be hanging out and doing everything we're doing out here. And I just, I, I don't know. 
high school football, it feels like it starts earlier and earlier every year, but nonetheless, it's still a ton of fun. I know. I Like when someone said, oh, yeah, high school, I'm like, but it's the beginning of August. <laughs> so they, they did move it up another week because of the – now they have an extended round of playoffs because of the RPI ranking system mm-hmm. in Utah high school football. So they actually have an extra week of playoffs. Well, to accommodate that – they push it earlier. You have this, to start yeah. earlier. So, nonetheless, uh, fun all the same. Uh, there's a kid out there playing for Timonogas. You'll probably want to keep an eye on. His name is Luke Livingston. Uh, very good football player. Uh, he's been a dynamic receiver, but they've had issues at quarterback last season and this season. And uh, he's actually started at quarterback both games I've called of his the past two years, even though he's a pretty prolific wide receiver and looked pretty good at quarterback, all things considered. Well, you know what? We, we like hearing guys that can – or hearing hearing up or hearing about yeah. guys that can kind of step in and carry some weight for their team sure. where wherever they're asked to do so. So that's really cool. Oh, and that, that so that that was the fun part. Uh, of course, we had game night live up at Farmington, if I recall correctly. I, I think that's correct. Lehigh yes. Farmington last night, and it's back. Games across the state. Uh, I I actually got done with my game last night. Got in the car, turned on our station. Uh, there were Dusty and Jeff Hansen doing their recap of everything okay. going on. It's just. It's really a fun time of year. It means football's actually back. By the way, I can't tell you, Michelle, how fun it was to actually, you know, watch actual football happening. I know. I know. You, you know what? I think I might try and catch some of the NFL games this weekend for, for yeah, that very reason. Because yeah. I'm not quite as involved on the high school front. Um, I'm more, well, we can get you more involved if you want. I'm, I'm just saying. I, I, I feel like I'm busy enough. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you'll you'll probably see me on the sideline on Friday Night Live sure. at some point. Uh, I'm I'm kind of Mary Lou's fill-in yeah. uh, when she needs. So we'll, we'll see what happens this year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Sarah Producing back for us in our home studios there in Salt Lake City at Triad Center. Sarah, what was the highlight of your week? Um, Probably just wedding planning. I'm just working uh, on getting yeah. things all organized. I have my bachelorette party that's going to come up in, like, October, and so I okay. sent out invites for that. But, yeah, that's probably it. Hold on. You sent out invites? Isn't that supposed to be something that you're not even supposed to be worried about? It's my sister, but my sister doesn't oh, know, okay. like have all of my friends numbers so i just made she made an invite for me and then i just made a group text and put them all in it okay i mean that's easy enough i was gonna say i was like if you're having to plan your own that's a little little unorthodox as they say but nonetheless that's fun (laughs) how hey sarah here's the thing Wedding planning, I, I vividly remember going through it with my wife, and this goes back almost 10 years now, but I just remember, I'm like, this is just ridiculous. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, because I got, we got, I'm just going through, I'm like, this ain't that big of a deal, but it was like the biggest deal in the moment. What's your reaction to a lot of this, Sarah? Yeah, I try really hard to not, like, make everything, every detail the end of the world. If something doesn't work out, I try really hard to be like, it's okay, let's find like a different solution. So I'm not, I'm not I don't want to be a bridezilla. I'm trying my hardest not to be. And my family, <laughs> this isn't their first rodeo. So sure. that helps is because they have already, they know all the details and ins and outs to mm-hmm. planning a wedding. So it does help a lot. That does help big time. That, that, there's no doubt about that. If it was like the first time they can get real hairy real quick. There's no doubt about that. All right, uh, so <laughs> we got plenty uh, to talk about ahead on today's show. Uh, I'm going to talk a lot about what's going on uh, in conference realignment. It's still ongoing because Michelle referred to last week we did this show. It was literally 
we hadn't been 24 hours yeah. since all the movement. Uh, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State making moves to the Pac-12. Michigan, uh, not Michigan, Oregon and Washington joining Michigan in the Big Ten. <laughs> that was a nice save there, right? Well, and you actually said joining the Pac-12. Oh, <laughs> it's the Big 12. <laughs> See? We're you all... know, there's lots of numbers oh, and letters gosh. And none of them make sense with what's yeah. going on anymore. They need to rebrand their conferences. Yeah. But let's get into it. Let's get to what's the big deal. <laughs> do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have... Many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> All right, Michelle. So, yeah, it is one week removed from, I guess some people call it the demise of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. We still have four teams uh, sitting in the conference trying to kind of plot their next move. But the rest of the co- schools, they have new- joined new conference homes. Obviously, Utah is a member of the Big 12. So I, I kind of want to talk with you as a Utah Utes insider for KSLsports.com. A week removed from all of that going down, mm-hmm. have your feelings at all morphed, changed, whatever? No. Okay. Um, no. I, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's just, and it's probably because I do have that, like, background of just what it felt like. Yeah. It's just, it's not, that's not ever going to change for me. Um, but there, there's going, I was kind of talking about this on Jake and Jake and Ben the other day, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a point where you, you kind of move on and you start finding the joy and in, in the new situation and it's fun and it's great. And you have all these yeah. awesome moments and it's exciting, but you'll still have days where you kind of look back and you're like, man, what could have been <laughs> yeah. like, what could have been, or, you know, gosh, I miss interacting with these sure. people. And, and it's not a knock or, or like a – it doesn't mean that the other thing isn't good. It's just it's it, when something ends so suddenly like that and, and kind of gets ripped out from under you, <laughs> it, it, I just think it allows for things to just kind of linger. And so you always – I think you always kind of end up having those thoughts. And, uh, I, I mean, obviously I'm pseudo – involved with the Pac-12 um just because I cover Utah Utah's in the conference Mm -hmm. that sort of thing um so it's a tad different for me but there's still a little bit of that feeling too and I'm sure that's always going to be there where it's like dang like what 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 would have been if you know just one move had fallen you know the right way for them uh but I I mean there there's plenty to be excited about with the Big 12 too and and I mean, right now I'm not really thinking about that too much. Like, I've got too much to think about with, you know, this current season and the Pac-12. And No, you're kidding, right? No, seriously. <laughs> um, but, but you know, once that kind of cools down and I can start to, like, move, move my line of thinking over, like, I know there's going to be a lot to be excited about. I will say the one thing that, like, really excites me is the possibility of traveling to West Virginia. Of all that, of that, all of them, so, I, so, I think so Ray, like, Ander, Ray Anderson said, "I'm not I'm not going to Morgantown." I, know, I had a, I know. an apology for that comment, <laughs> by the way. But you, on the other hand, you're looking forward to going to Morgantown. I just think it looks so pretty. It does. Like yeah. it, out of all the event, and that's kind of my thing. And I think that's kind of why I really love because all the venues are really pretty in the Pac-12. And I sure. mean, that's not the end all, be all. But 
I'm a person like, I mean, look, look where we live, look where we grow. So like, I just get really drawn into very scenic, pretty places. And of all the venues, that one looks like it fits the bill the best. So I'm just really excited to see that venue. Um, I'm sure like, you know, once I kind of start diving into people's histories and stuff, there'll be other places that I'm like, okay, that sounds fun. Like they have a cool tradition that I didn't know about that I want to see, or the fans are just super into it, or the tailgate has something cool. But like, as far as, you know, what I know about the conference now, that that's the one I have circled. I want to, I want to go to Morgantown. (laughs) So, okay, I like that. Well, here's the thing. I, so I went to Big 12 Media Days and had a chance to catch up with some people down there. I was talking with a Kansas State radio station, and they were talking about They were super excited to come out to Utah. Cause they yeah, talk, exactly, same thing. Because scenic locations. And they told me, like, this is going back and forth, like, Jake, I know you're from Utah. You need to get yourself to West Virginia. They said essentially in their minds, Utah, because they had been to a game. Man, one of the guys was saying that he'd come out for – Remember what it was? It was a game randomly. He said he was in Salt Lake City. Went to a game. He said it was absolutely incredible. He said the mm-hmm. only thing I'd, I'd seen in the Big Twelve that matched that was Morgantown. He said Morgantown setting the Appalachians out there. He said it's just it's a very different look, but at the same time, it's like, really scenic. Mm-hmm. He said you being a Utah boy is what he called me. He, yeah. he said you will really enjoy going there, trying to kind of see the I guess the opposite side of the country, but a similar yeah. circumstance. Yeah. Well, and I think we talked last week about how I'm probably going to absolutely murder them and make fun of them for their cute hills. <laughs> but like, I still want to see them. And I've, yeah. I'm sure I will still be absolutely taken by the look. Well, sure, and I think all of us will be because it's just it's, it's a kind of just a new era mm-hmm. for for all parties because BYU's not even started playing the conference, right. so it'll be interesting to see how they adapt to that. But Utah obviously is going to be going through it in their own right. So mm-hmm. I, I want to transition a little bit here because Stanford and Cal are still members of what is the Pac Four. Yeah, I don't technically still have the Pac Twelve name, but there's four schools left. Now, they've been talking with the ACC. That's kind of been the mm-hmm. big story this week is the ACC is considering expansion potentially. I don't know how they're going to do it because they have to open up their media rights to potentially yeah. add the two. But the thing is, the reports say that uh, there are four ACC, ACC schools who are opposed to adding Cal and Stanford, uh, those being Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson, and NC State. They need 12 of the 15 members of the ACC, including Notre Dame, who has mm-hmm. advocated for it apparently, to, to, be able to allow this to happen. Here's the thing, Michelle. So I, I hear that Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson, those three being opposed don't surprise me. Yeah. They're three of the ones that want to leave. Yeah, they, they want out. They want to go to the SEC. They want to jump in the Big Ten. They want to cash in. I've got to be thinking, like, why would you guys be opposed to this? Because if it opens up even a crack in that those grant of rights where yeah. you could bolt, why wouldn't you vote for it? And maybe it's just simply not capable of doing that. Yeah, you know, it that's like another place where I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, the legal ease. Like, I'm just going off of what you all are telling yeah. me, and like, I am not an expert on this by any means. But yeah, it it is an interesting thought that you know there there is this knowledge we all kind of know that these these teams, these mm-hmm. schools, they want out, and if it opens up the possibility to do that, why wouldn't you do that? You know, say. Yeah, totally in. Yeah. But at the, I thought there was an, I just kind of mindlessly scrolling. So yesterday was my day off. Yeah. And it actually was a day off. Good. Yay me. Yeah, we like um, that. We like that. We, we love that because that, incur- that didn't happen last yes, week. Yes, we, we encouraged this. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> um, but just like mindlessly scrolling through Twitter and stuff, uh-huh. I stumbled upon, 
some I don't remember if it was an article or a tweet. I don't really remember where I read it. Okay. Um, but somebody made the juxtaposition of a similar thing happened with the Pac-12 where, you know, they they were voting on looking into potentially adding some of the better name brand schools in the Big 12 sure. to shore themselves up. And the two big brands in the Pac-12 didn't, they were the ones that shot that down, UCLA and USC. Well, what did they end up doing? They they were out the door a year later. So it's kind of like... years, 10 months. So it's kind of like, what what do you guys have up your sleeves, too? Well, like, there's, there's the talk about Florida State potentially partnering with a private equity firm, because they're... There are estimates that if you want to do this, if, if, if Florida State wants to jailbreak themselves, mm-hmm. it may cost them upwards of $300 million to do it, <laughs> which is just <laughs> it's just an insane number. For, for, for one individual college yeah. to do that, it's just an insane number. I know that these media rights deals are in the billions, but yeah. for one college to extricate itself costing that much, I can oh, see boy. why they're looking into a private equity firm potentially to, to fund something like that. Yeah. But the, I'm with you on this because you're right. This, the situation was that Carolyn Fult, most notably, who's mm-hmm. USC's president, told the Pac-12, "Now nah, we don't want to expand. Don't do it. We're, yeah, we're, we, we don't need to do we're this. Good. And then, yeah, <laughs> 10 months later, them and UCLA are bolting out the door heading to the Big Ten. So, yeah, to your point. It feels like it's a similar situation because the power brands in the ACC are Clemson and Florida State. Miami's in that mix, too. North Carolina, because North Carolina's got the basketball side of things mm-hmm. as well as their academics. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, They're attractive in that they, regard. They have, they have some cachet. And Mac Brown's done a decent job with that football program. Oh, yeah. No, he's turning them around. So, yeah, you're right. The the. the, the Juxtaposition was a great word, by the way. Thank you. It's just writer. Yeah, hey, it works. But <laughs> but because you're right, the the situations seem similar. Yeah. But it feels like to me a little different because the grant of rights here for the ACC have them locked up till 2036. Oh, yeah. oh those grant of rights nasty. Because everybody says that it's just it, there's no way there's like it, it, I've had multiple people. We had Brett McMurphy on with DJ and PK. We've heard it from Dennis Dodd. We've heard it from I think John Canzano may have mentioned it on air. He said, "If anybody could have gotten themselves out of that, they probably would have done it by now." Right. I think right. it's a little different because the pact holes weren't necessarily as stringent, and Mm-mm. I think that they saw that the, hey, the end of that media rights still is far closer, and that may just be a little different in the circumstances. But still, at the same time, why is a power brand voting against adding these schools? Yeah. The travel, or do you have like, yeah, like to your point, they got a plan? Yeah. And- do you do you know something that the rest of us are just waiting to find out? Because uh, and that sure happened with the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. Now, on, on the Pac front, on the the four schools remaining, they have hired Oliver Luck mm-hmm. uh, as a consultant here. He is the He's the executive. They call him executive director. I, so I was down at Big Twelve Media Day. They actually had what they're calling the now U, UAC, the United Athletic Conference Media Days mm-hmm. in Dallas. It combines the WAC and the ASUN together, which has Southern okay. Utah and Utah Tech in it. So I just happened to be in town. So I went over and heard Oliver Luck talking. He's the executive director of that new merger of that conference. Interesting. Okay. So, so he's he's a guy that was in the running to replace mm-hmm. uh, Larry Scott with the Pac-12. He's got experience at the athletic director level at college. He was a star quarterback. He's played in the NFL. He's been a conference commissioner. He's worked for the NCAA. He's worked at every level Mm -hmm. of this sport. I actually think this is a really savvy hire for the Pac-12 to bring him in as a consultant to at least examine what their options are. Because if you're Washington State, Oregon State in particular, those two, you've got to be just looking and saying, okay, 
what what options do we have? Right. What the heck do we do? Because it doesn't look like you have many on on the surface. But if it, it, this is a guy speaking of Oliver Luck to me, and John Canzano, I think is the one that broke the news. I, I'm fairly certain. Uh, I think he was. He, yeah. He wrote the story saying that he'd been hired as a consultant. I think that they bring him in, and essentially, I would if I'm if I'm those four schools, I'd lay everything out on the table and say, here are our, here's what we got. Here are our assets. Mm-hmm. Help us figure out what we can do. Can we, as Kanzano pointed out, could you use some of your reserve funds to buy out some right. Mountain West teams and bring them in San Diego State, etc.? Can you? But what would you, like, from your perspective, what would you like to see these programs do? I, I, I mean, it's so tough, so so tough. I, I think the thing that honestly, at least. With my dumb dumb brain that again do, like doesn't do contracts. I'm not a sure, lawyer. Yeah. You know my my understanding of this has gone better, obviously mm-hmm. from from having, but like it's still nowhere near. You know, being like think... expert level. Yeah, we're, we work in the media. We don't. Yeah, we're not being de- paid. The definitely the don't fees. don't hire me to try and be Oliver <laughs> Luck for you. It yeah. won't go well. But yeah. like, I mean, just surface level. You know, seeing what's out there. I think really their best option is probably to like merge with the mountain west conference on the surface it seems on like on that. the surface yeah. uh cuz i just don't know that you have the funds to buy anybody do do a ton of buyouts to bring people into your brand mm-hmm. um and and i guess the other one would potentially be like the acc is also kind of interested yeah. i think i think you have to look at it's sad and it sucks that it it has to be this way, but it kind of looks like you have to give up the Pac-12 brand, at least on the surface to me, Which know, sucks, knowing what I know. Because it's such, a, it's such it's, a power, like it's just in terms of branding, it's a power brand. It's a there. power brand. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just, unless you have money stashed away, hidden somewhere, like stuffed down, and down your shirt that, or, and like, you know, we're talking like multiple in versions your socks. of $34 million. That's the thing. Yeah. I just, I, I don't see how it's pot and especially again too as as it's been pointed out you don't have a media deal either mm-hmm. so it's like where are you going to find the money to be able to buy people out in order to bring them into your mix i think you have to join someone else's mix yeah i just you're right and that's the thing about this and the one thing about the acc deal is if anybody's leaving for next year so it'd be by 2024 they have until this coming tuesday to make that announcement yeah. so that's the interesting part. You have some of these deadlines popping up here. Of, of if you want to do this, you got to be done by. And it just it, it seems curious to me that the the pack four and it's such sound weird to say that, I but know. but they're they're going to try and strategize what they want to do. But I'm with you. Unless you have a massive reserve fund somewhere, like Oregon State has been stockpiling money for decades, right? It just doesn't seem like you're going to be doing much else other than going to Gloria Navarez and the Mountain West and saying, okay, can we essentially take your 12, us four, jam the 16 together? The other thing about this is it sounds like that Oregon, not Oregon, excuse me, Stanford and Cal have little to no interest in putting all of their sports in the Mountain West. Could, could they do what Hawaii does? Hawaii plays all their other sports in the Big West, whereas they play just football in the Mountain West. And Navarra's when she was asked about it, she said, we have precedent for doing that in this conference. Right. I mean, I, I don't see why not, especially maybe Stanford. Um, it seems that way. I, I mean, when you have a billion-dollar endowment, you can kind of do what you want. Somebody said it was $37 billion. 
whatever. Yeah, but they have <laughs> they are the they are the richest school based on what I understand outside of the Ivy League. Like, yeah. They just got, they've got they, gobs got, and gobs of money in in their so they they could I, figure out something it feels like. I mean, other than the fact that their football brand is just hot garbage it's, for the most it's part, really down, yeah, and uh, and it never got the support even when it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, theoretically, they could go independent. Yeah. I but I I don't know that they do because again, there's just not the interest. There is sure. the problem. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of a waste of money. But I, you know, I think Stanford especially is in a place where, yeah, join join for football and maybe send your other sports elsewhere. I don't know about Cal because. On the opposite end, their money situation, not great. So we had Jeff Ferrato, who writes for, does Cal Sports Report. He's been a longtime writer, and he came on DJ and PK. This was on Thursday, and he painted a fairly bleak picture for the Cal Bears. I, oh, I've Cal, say. Cal's in a hot mess. Because he said that they've got, they have the debt servicing currently on their stadium, mm-hmm. that they pay, I think it's the number $16 million in interest alone. Oh, Michelle. my God. <laughs> And that's annually. That's that's sixteen million a year on top of like three hundred million dollars for the actual retrofit that they did. Yeah, it's built on a fault line. Right, right. So it's just it's it's not you know. So well, when you make poor building decisions, this is what you're dealt. And this stadium apparently was built in the twenties on that fault line. Who have you ever been to that stadium? I have not. I've only ever seen it's pictures of it. Beautiful. So I actually, my grandfather is a Cal. He got his master's degree from Cal. Oh no, kidding! I've never actually been there. I need to go see it one day. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really cool. It like it's like nestled up in a hill, and there's these homes that sit up top. Correct. And I'm like, yeah. how would it be to have that house and just like peek I, down? I, I look at certain things like with the Rose Bowl, like the house is built around. Right. That. I'm just like, man. What a life. What a life. Yeah, no doubt about that. So, yeah, interesting stuff. I want to I want to dig into a couple of other things on this. We'll t- hit that on the other side of this break. But I want to welcome in uh, our friend, Lindsay. Uh, you are the sales manager here at Murdoch Chevrolet. Uh, we had Unrivaled out here yesterday talking with you about a lot of the stuff going on. But this location, I don't think anybody can miss it. If you're driving on I-15, you guys are pop-up. Right when you're essentially around the bend north of Salt Lake City. Hello, Murdoch's. Yeah, we're, we're uh, easy to get to right off of Wildcat Way, right next to Woodscross High School. Very easy to get to. We always, people interested in vehicles and stuff, we'll send out address as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Sure they get there. Yeah, so in terms of what you guys got going on right now, everybody obviously looking for vehicles. It feels like it's just a constant thing. Like, you, if you don't think you're looking for a vehicle, you probably need to be on the lookout for one. But what do you guys have going on right now here at Murdoch? Well, we've got uh, up to seven thousand dollars off on a fifteen hundred. If you're if you're in the market for a, a fifteen hundred half ton Silverado, you can get up to seven thousand dollars off. Nice. We've got one of the largest um, used car markets we've ever had, and very high-end vehicles as well. You're looking for a vehicle that a kid going off to college or something, we've got those. I mean, within our entire organization, we've got plenty of uh, vehicles that uh, we can show you. Now's a good time to come and take a look. Now, uh, Murdoch Chevrolet is part of the sponsorship deal for DJ and PK, the show that I produce on a daily basis. You guys are one of our title sponsors. We talk about it all the time. 97 years in business. Like, So what else you guys – so it's the 97th anniversary sales event going on right now, correct? Correct. So almost 100 years in, of history here along the Wasatch Front. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. You, you, you certainly want to pride yourselves knowing that uh, at some point you think you got it right. 
when you're close to 100 years. Sure, yeah. You need to be doing something. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, our, our uh, motto is when you walk through doors, you feel like family. And, and, and we truly like to believe that, mm-hmm. like to treat people like that. And one of the things that we like about here is we're a family ourselves. I mean, we, we spend as much time, if not more, with the people here than sure. we do with our own family. So. Well, knowing what I know of the Murdoch family, they, they they truly do. They want to make sure everybody like feels like family. I, I, you've heard everybody's heard that tagline for years. I grew up in this state. Trust me, I've been hearing about the Murdochs from the time I was a little tyke listening to the radio, and now I do it for on a professional basis. So it's really fun. Uh, we'll talk with you with you throughout the rest of the show. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of the used car market right now, uh, interest rates. Everybody's kind of worried about that. You guys can help them take care of that situation as well. Is that right? Absolutely. We deal with we deal with well over forty five different credit unions yeah. and banks we we always can get the best interest rate that that people are looking for and stuff so i uh, we always tell people don't be concerned about interest rates right now they always fluctuate they, they always go up and down <laughs> and stuff so now's a really good time to come in take a look at the used car market look at the the new car inventory we have the trucks and stuff a lot of hd so now's a good time to come down and take a look at what we got especially with the anniversary so yeah absolutely all right Lindsay, give them the address one more time real quick it's uh, 2375 north 6 west right next to woods cross high school can't miss it <laughs> yeah you, you really can't miss it you cannot miss it so. all right well Lindsay, thanks for stopping by we'll talk with you throughout the rest of the show all right all right thank you all right more in a moment this is the saturday show right here on 97.5 fm the ksl sports zone Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FMD KSL Sports. So Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, and Sarah, I'm actually almost disappointed we're not getting country today because I know you're a big country fan. What's the inspiration for today's bump back music? Yeah, see, I wanted to switch it up. I oh, okay. um, was, I don't know, I listened to a random like playlist this morning at the gym. And uh, this song was on it, and I was like, "This is." I was like jogging on the treadmill, and I was like, "This is kind of fun." So that inspired okay. it. That's so funny. I just barely watched on Netflix a documentary on Studio Fifty Four, so uh, I've been really feeling the disco I'm lately. Sure, you have. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about that. Michelle and I are always on the same page. I swear, we are on the same it page. Does, yeah. We're we're like the same person ten years removed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting kind of weird. Like you guys like have like the same thing. Like oh hey there. I'm like, what in the world is happening here? But nonetheless, fun stuff all the same. Uh, we are live today at Murdoch Chevrolet up here in Woods Cross. You can't miss it. Just off the freeway next to Woods Cross High School. Um, the last time I was inside Woods Cross High School, Michelle, it's been years. I was in a knowledge bowl way back in my high school Nerd. days. Nerd alert, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I can't speak. I was, I too was a nerd. Was la- Major wait, nerd. The last time I was in, I think it was ninth grade, I think, because I was here oh, for man. Knowledge Bowl. We ended up winning it. No big deal. But hey. hey. But still, I, literally the last time I've been, I've been inside Woods Cross High School. So it's been a minute. I don't think I've ever been inside Woods Cross High School. So. All right. Fair enough. But, but yeah, I, I did the nerdy AP thing. So I did plenty of that myself. Yeah, yeah. Did it benefit me as much as they said it was going to in high school? No. Oh, I was going to say, it actually helped me it, out it helped, quite it a bit. It helped in certain circumstances. Here's the thing about it. So most people know I went to BYU. Mm-hmm. BYU picks and chooses which credits they accept. Ah, nice. <laughs> 
So. I I was lucky. I actually was like a second semester sophomore as nice. a freshman. Hey. So well done. And I probably could have graduated. I graduated in three years. I probably yeah. could have graduated in two years if the counselors had not given me bad advice. Ah, hey, there you go. You know, <laughs> ones that get paid to tell you what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, up. yeah. No, I got. I was told to take some anthropology classes, and I was like, okay, cool, because it counts. It like double counts for something. They didn't tell me specifically which one. So I'm sitting there thinking <laughs> I could take any anthropology class yeah. and it would count for that. Okay. And then later they came back, oh, well, no, you didn't take the right one. I was like, you know what? That would have been great information to have. <laughs> Thanks for not elaborating. Let's talk about this some more. <laughs> That's awesome, though. I guess well, it's not awesome. And with regards to like just because you're like you couldn't, you know, like just looked at the paper and said, hey. You should probably look at this. Yeah. Oh, man. But I think I think they get paid to do that, though, to make sure that they get that tuition money. Got so, it. you know, it's a racket. It, that's my con- – see, I love conspiracy theories. That is a conspiracy theory of mine. I've got some, I've got some <laughs> ideas on that front just based on my interactions with my own college counselors <laughs> over the years. There's no doubt about that. All right. Uh, let's dive back in here. And, Michelle, we were talking a lot about what kind of the path forward here for the Pac-4 and – how things are looking now? Ian Furness, uh, mm-hmm. he does uh, works for KJR Radio in Seattle. Also does uh, Fox. Th- funny enough, uh, Fox 13 here in Utah is, is, is a TV channel. Mm-hmm. They also have Fox 13 in Seattle, who he also works for in TV. Does TV sports up okay. there as well? Uh, he is obviously a longtime radio guy here in the market. Was one of the big. Uh, influences on putting DJ and PK together 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy that is still very well connected to the state. He joined DJ and PK earlier this week, and he had a very interesting take. I want to I listen to the entire. There was an exchange here between DJ and PK and Ian Furness about uh, BYU and why he thinks the Cougars may have been a key in keeping the pack together. Hit it, Sarah. I miss the, the, the back and forth with BYU fans. Uh, arguably the most passionate fan base in, in the country, period, end of story. And I've said this before, and I truly believe it. And I said this like two – I was bringing this up two, three years ago uh, when there was problems with the conference you kind of start seeing the rumblings. This conference dropped the ball by not bringing BYU into it, and, and, and it cost them the conference. Uh, I think if you had BYU on board uh, and they didn't go to the Big 12 and you had that national brand, I think we're in a different place as well. Uh, but the fact that they, this conference, again, wanted to say, oh, well, it's academics and this and research university and all the other nonsense that they kept spewing <laughs> out. Uh, BYU, I think, would have been a ticket to, to help save this conference. And I don't think we'd be in the situation. There's a lot of mistakes made along the way. But looking down your nose at Brigham Young University, uh, which is a good school and last I checked, really hard to get into. Like there's some standards there that have to be met, not just in terms of, you know, you can't you know, have parties and smoke and drink and, you know, do all the things the rest of us did. But, no, uh, there's actual standards academically to get in. Uh, and the fact that BYU went to the big damn 12, that's embarrassing. You should have had that national brand in your in your backyard, on your roster, uh, and and the fact that they didn't, that's, that's one of the reasons, one of the many, many reasons. But I think it's a big one. I think that was a colossal mistake by this conference. And I'll, I'll go to my grave saying that as much as it pains me to say that we need a BYU. Yeah, and I always thought it was hypocritical. They didn't want them in, but they had no problem scheduling them, knowing that attendance would spike. Yep. Uh, it, it, you know, the dumbest thing about it is, and, and this is this is part of the thing that just kind of is, is maddening, guys, is that when you look at 
you know, national brands or television markets, right? Uh, Wazoo falls in this category. Like Washington State is in Pullman in eastern Washington. And I hear people say, oh, it's just a small market school. Their television, the vast majority, it's probably like Utah State, I would assume, um, Mm -hmm. but probably more so because Utah Utah State's number three in the state. But I get that. You know, I mean, but the majority of the the alums and fans are on the west side of the state in in Washington in media market 12. And if you look at the actual television ratings, uh, I think Washington State ranks in the top 20, maybe the top 10 in terms of uh, TV ratings over the last few years. So. Like to ignore the Seattle market is one thing, and the same thing happened with BYU. It's, you know, Notre Dame gets this great oh the national brand. Uh, listen, man, I grew up Catholic, saw the light, went, went Catholic light to Episcopal, but I know the Catholic Church. Twelve years of it, none of us were Notre Dame fans. Everyone who's LDS seems to be a, a BYU fan. There's a massive difference. Like BYU is a national brand. They go. And, you know, every stake ward, whatever you guys call it, is rolling out the carpet and they're going to those games. That doesn't happen. Catholics don't go follow Notre Dame around the country. But, but LDS fans do with BYU. It's a national brand. And no one saw that except for the Big 12 and your mark. Like, come on. How dumb is that? There you go. Ian Furness. And, okay, let me say one thing. Not all members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are fans of BYU. There's no. plenty of them that are big Utah fans. But or something else entirely. Sure. But to his point, though, they do draw mm-hmm. in terms of these Pac-12 schools. There are a lot of blue-clad fans in, in the stands. And that's his point, bigger point, is that this could have been a brand that could have helped in many ways uh, bolster what the Pac-12 had going on. Now, Michelle, do you think in your mind that would have changed anything for the Pac-12? That's a tough one. I I don't I still don't know that it would have necessarily I don't I think hindsight it wouldn't have hurt. Mm-hmm. I still don't know if it would have changed anything ultimately. Um but but I think it certainly can be pointed to as a mistake and, and not just with BYU. I think there were a couple of other schools that someone had listed that, you know, there, there was some talks about, well, let's expand. Let's, mm-hmm. let's broaden our roster, so to speak. Sure. And the academic thing came up and it's, I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I think this is a matter of where have some awareness about what's going on on the other part of you know what what this thing is you know it's athletics it ain't academics here like exactly exactly and so i think yeah like i i think there's ways you could have been a little more flexible on that sure that that maybe maybe could have helped you i'm not willing to say it would have because i i just think the network's wanted wanted specific things Mm -hmm. uh, and they were going to get it come hell or high water uh and I, I don't know that, you know, a BYU or whoever else they could have added would have necessarily saved that. But it also couldn't have hurt you. Sure. PK's, PK made the best point I have heard on this earlier this week. So I think make him actually yesterday. And I, I know I refer to that show all the time, but it's what I work on daily. And I hear him talk about it. He pointed this out, Michelle. If this was strictly an academic thing, like if academics were the end-all, be-all on this, mm-hmm. how in the world is Stanford being left out? Yeah. 
Like it's true. I mean, it is true. <laughs> and Cal at the same time, because Cal may be the most prestigious public in terms of like public mm-hmm. school in terms of academics. That if it was strictly academics was the reason why you were being left out, those two schools would be front and center in all of this. Right. <laughs> right. Well, uh, but I mean, and and that's kind of I mean it's true because you look at the athletic and and that's where where neither of those schools are excelling at all especially in football um and especially yes well and even the basketball end of it I was gonna, yeah, out, they, outside of yeah. women's basketball for stanford sure and those Woof. yeah because stanford <laughs> stanford's athletic department as a whole it's the best in the country they've won that uh, learfield director's cup 25 of the last 26 years yeah crazy but they sponsor like 40 sports yeah and guess what in like 30 of them they're maybe the best in the country. It's just 30 that don't draw that many eyeballs. The ones that draw eyeballs, football, men's basketball, they're not that great. Right, right. They're not, they're not great in athletics where it matters. Yeah. Which, again, is kind of ironic when we're talking about highly <laughs> intelligent and mo- motivated yes. people. Like, oh, yes. I mean, let, let's be honest. In order to put yourself through that, like, Mm-hmm. academic rigor like you have to be a motivated individual sure yeah so it just it's kind of mind-blowing that it does not somehow some way translate to your athletics as well it, it, and it did for a little bit there for stanford in the first essentially the first half of the 12 years that utah's been in that conference no. stanford was one of the power brands Intel, mm-hmm. was intellectual brutality is that the terminology they used it was their it was i their, think it was something like that. it was their yeah. moniker because they're like we're smart but we're also going to beat, beat the crap out of it it was jim harbaugh like yeah. he, he brought in we're going to run power eye formations toby gearhart andrew luck you can think of like some of the great um christian mccaffrey right like the, the they were that was the poster child for what stanford was it's fallen off hard though yeah and and they they're trying to rebuild it. Troy Taylor, he's got a monumental task in front of him because now he has the transfer portal. That they can't really take people at Stanford. They yeah. just it just academics yet again. Yeah. Uh, the the issue with NIL is Stanford. Do they have a bunch of alums who are willing to pony up millions of dollars? We're gonna find out. It's just there's there's an interesting conundrum here for a program like Stanford. They're trying to kind of chart their way forward here. Absolutely, I'm I it's it is it's it's absolutely fascinating. I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. It's really interesting. I have a friend that works for the Pac-12 Networks. He also played football at Stanford. Okay. Uh, and one of his comments was, you know, we used to be, outside of Utah, the tough guys in the conference. And we are so soft now. <laughs> like they we they are, got away we from are, it. There's we no are doubt. so soft. Yeah. Uh, and it was frustrating, you know, for him to watch mm-hmm. and be like, well now, well now Utah's totally taken yeah. that banner, and and you know what the heck we had the blue the blueprint. All you had to do was follow the blueprint, <laughs> and people started deviating away from yeah. the blueprint. And now you know it is it is what it is again. Um, but I, I yeah I I mean that those schools are just in my mind in a whole heap of trouble. I don't know what they're going to do. It, well, it sure seems that way because, yeah, just looking at it on its head, it's like there are not many good options for them. I, I with Not without conceding things that you once were staunch, no, we yeah. will not, we do not. You, you refuse to accept UNLV, Boise State, mm-hmm. it's on the basis of, okay, those are commuter schools. Right. We, we don't stoop to that. And guess what? You may be playing them annually in football here pretty quick if, yeah. if things go that way. And 
it's going to be it, it, I'm with you. It, it, it's kind of funny. You you were going to be compromising on a lot of things that were quote unquote uncompromisable in your world mm-hmm. before this. Mm-hmm. Crazy crazy times. All right, uh, we will come back on the other side. We'll get into technical fouls coming up in the eleven o'clock hour. Uh, just news that came out last night with regards to the Utah football program and the quarterback situation. We'll get into that. Still plenty to come. We are live today at Murdoch uh, Chevrolet here in Woods Cross. Love for you guys to stop by. We got some jazz gear sitting out on the table. We got candy as well. Stop and see their full lineup of vehicles, used and new. Check it all out. We'll be back in a minute. This is uh, the Saturday show on ninety-seven point five FM. The KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet. That's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. As you heard, it is time now for technical fouls as we kind of recount some of the stuff in the sports world that uh, just people being uh, dumb, I guess is the easiest way to say it. And, uh, Michelle, I want you to start with yours because you are an expert in this topic. So please fire away. I am. I, I am going to be our resident <laughs> expert in failed alliances. From here forth, I yeah. want that as part of my title. You can do that. Yes. I am not only the Utah Utes insider, I am the expert oh. on failed alliances. So, failed alliance expert, F A E. I like that. We can, <laughs> we can add that to your title, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, so. Headline here from Deadspin, the latest league to try and compete with the NFL is already doomed. The hiring of Art Bryles and Nick Rolovich, yeah, no kidding, uh, as head coaches show that IFA cannot be taken seriously. Um, So this is uh, the International Football Alliance, which is designed to be a professional league with half American and Mexican teams, has announced Art Bryles as the head coach of its Dallas-based franchise. Okay. To double down on the stupidity, ESPN reported Nick Rolovich is in talks to coach one of the other teams in the league. If both those teams being associated with those coaches don't make you cringe, let me explain why you should. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I I think we're all very well aware yeah. of, of the who's and the what's and the how's mm-hmm. uh, uh, of both of those coaches. Correct. Um uh, yeah, they're they're just both coaches that have proven they're they're not good at accountability, which is like a huge part of being a head coach. Yeah. And uh yeah, when you're starting up a league, like I don't know if y'all know this, but starting up a league from the ground it's kind of hard. Like you need to have like very dedicated on top of it people mm-hmm. and uh they, neither of them 
fall within that realm. So, yeah, I don't give this a lot of hope. Well, okay, did they just, like, listen to Brett Yormark say we want to play football in Mexico and say, hey, that's a genius idea. You know what we're going to do? We're going to steal the Big 12's <laughs> we're, idea. We're going to beat them in there. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I'm, now I'm thinking I probably should get my passport updated. <laughs> I actually just had to do mine not too long ago. It's <laughs> it's taken a lot longer than it typically takes, Michelle, so get on that if you if you plan on going international anytime soon. Well, I mean, Big 12 might mate me. I know. That's the thing. We may have to. All right. Uh, so Sarah had one as well. Sarah, what do you have for us this week? So mine happened a little earlier. It was, mm-hmm. if you guys didn't see it, there was a big fight that broke out during the White Sox-Guardians game earlier this week. Yep. Um, Jose how, Ramirez, yeah. Yeah, Jose Ramirez and oh, Tim Anderson. Um, Ramirez yep. slid into second um, and was um, called safe. And Tim Anderson, I guess, shared some disrespecting words about the game. And Ramirez was sick of it because he had been doing it all game, apparently. Mm-hmm. And they got into a fist fight. And Ramirez landed a pretty good shot on Tim Anderson. And now they're both suspended, I think, for multiple games. It's just kind of ridiculous. I'm like, just walk away. Be the bigger person. Just walk away. Well, and the thing about it was, is Tim Anderson, remember the Jordan Clarkson thing last year when he got in that fighting stance a couple of times during the NBA season? Oh, yeah. Well, Tim Anderson did the exact same thing. Like, it's like, <laughs> you like, thinking he's, like, going to fight. And Jose Ramirez is like, all right, you, you want to be about that life? Let's do this thing. Oh, and boy. Anderson tries to swing some haymakers, and then you just see Ramirez just reach out with a right hook and just catch him on the jaw, and down goes Anderson. It was like, yeah. oh, TKO, we're done. <laughs> and over. Yeah, they got, I think uh, they both got like six-game suspensions, if I'm not mistaken. Their managers oh both gosh. got suspended in this. It, obviously, the bench is cleared, et cetera, but crazy, crazy scene. Yeah, it was a mess. And T- like Tim Anderson. Yeah, Tim Anderson comes off as looking like a fake tough guy. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and apparently, yeah, he insinuated everything, like, initiated everything. Jose says he even, like, was said, like, something along the lines of, like, you want to fight. And he was like, I was just (laughs) defending myself. And I was like, dude, you could have just walked away. Like, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Um, real quick, a couple things on the on the sports wagering front. Uh, so we had Hunter Deckers, the Iowa State starting quarterback. He's been caught up in a pro by the state of Iowa in terms of wagering on games. Well, guess what? Now more Iowa State and Iowa players have come under criminal investigation. They tried to hide all this through like their family members, essentially, mm-hmm. and do this. Well, their starting running back for Iowa State uh, is Jarrell Brock. He's now under investigation. So Iowa State could have their starting quarterback and running back uh, suspended for a what could be some pretty significant time on that front. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of figure this out. But there was one guy who apparently, I think was an Iowa State player, who bet the under on a game, then scored a touchdown in said game. Like, they're they're betting on their own games. This is the thing. Like, it's verboten. You can't do that type of stuff. And it's just, it's a bad, bad look. Uh, and then also, did you see the story about uh, Phil Mickelson? No. So a gambler uh, wrote, a, wrote a memoir of him uh, who said that he served as Phil's essentially bookie for, for a time in the early 2010s. And he apparently has bet over 30 years close to uh, or north of $1 billion yeah. in sports wagers and has <gasps> lost somewhere around $100 million in that time, according to, the, to this memoir. Okay, grief. Uh, yeah. So it's it's one of those things. It's just it's an interesting situation that uh, he's and he's made a lot of money. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, and he's making plenty of money from Live as well. He apparently got two hundred million dollars from the Live tour to go play there, but just gambling quite a bit. And to his credit, he has acknowledged he's had an issue in the past and he's gone to therapy for it and whatnot. Uh huh. But still, that's a lot of money. Oh man, 
Man, oh man, oh man. Can you imagine, like, 100 million, you know? It, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even register. No, I can't. Like, I want to be that person. I think we all want to be that person. <laughs> Just an incredible. Like, to bet $1 billion in and of itself over three decades is just an incredible number to me. Just, wow. Just, yeah, I I don't know. It, it, it was absolutely nuts uh, to think that, but it's kind of the situation we find ourselves in here as, as sports wagering and gambling kind of proliferates around the country. So mm-hmm. crazy times all the way around in technical fouls this week. Whew. All right, uh, let's welcome in Lindsay. He is the sales manager here at Murdoch Chevrolet. And uh, Lindsay, you got a hundred million dollars lying around that you can, you know, just up and watch <laughs> go into the wind. I, I, I'm with what was previously said. I would like to be that person. I think we <laughs> all at least like, have that, right? Yeah. Have the option. <laughs> yeah, think about that. Yeah, to be able to have wagered a billion dollars over thirty years. Just hey, I want I want ten bucks. Like he's not even just ten bucks. Like, he's doing like a hundred thousand dollar bets it's just an insane number i get nervous when someone wants to bet me lunch right right <laughs> i think we all do that's the thing about this uh but the one thing and i'm, I'm gonna pivot here and use a really bad pun the one thing you don't have to bet on is coming here to murdoch they'll take care of you uh, absolutely they they absolutely will take care of you we we uh, treat people like family you walk through the doors any given time when you're here there's a really good chance you're going to see one of the murdochs mm-hmm. and they never that walk around, pride themselves, no, said, yeah. hey, look, I'm the owner and stuff. They're just one of the guys. They're not that, in their highfalutin office up on the nope, second floor. They, they're always walking around and, and treating people with uh, respect, treat us with respect. So it's a fun environment, fun uh, place to work for. Now, I so currently, what is your favorite Chevy model of all of them like, in terms of across the entire lineup right now? I, I'm a I'm a truck guy. You're a truck I, guy. I drive a Silverado. Is, is it, there's, so. there's, there's, there's the Trail Boss right over here, right behind us. Is the, it, the Trail Boss is not a Trail Boss, but it's uh, it's close. But right now, one of the trucks that I think Chevy just hit out the the park with is the new ZR2. Okay, half ton. 1500 every time we have one of those in they just kind of fly out it's of here it's gone or people <laughs> put deposits on before it even hits the hits the showroom floor now, so how is the um, cuz there's a lot of people that have been through the with the pandemic and everything there was a lot of supply chain issues how in terms of delivering ordering like how how is that situation going for you guys here at Murdoch well it it's going very well a lot of people will come in an order but uh, if you come down here you'll probably see upwards of of 20 trucks on our lot I saw plenty of them sitting right out now there, yeah. there, there's plenty of hds there's plenty of uh, 1500s and so it's uh it's loosened up quite a bit mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned people can come in and order as well that uh that's loosened up it's no no more really you're not waiting mentioned years. to people yeah <laughs> of how long it's going to be so yeah we're we're starting to get back into kind of a little bit of normalization as far as that's concerned so we'd like to hear you got the 90 so 97 years in business with murdoch chevrolet's 97th anniversary sales special what do you guys got going on with that well right now you can get up to seven thousand dollars off on half ton silverado sweet okay we love taking trades with people we're, we're offering strong numbers on trades we always like to keep our used car inventory up Certainly, we're always going to take care of the educator, the military, sure. first responders, people like that. We we love to love to work with them as well as everybody. But yeah, you've got some 
you've got some deals, kind of the deals of the past that are going on right now with, with up to $7,000 off on those half-tons. Think about that. 97 years in business, folks. I mean, a 100-year anniversary here pretty quick, it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. You guys already planning for that, by the way? Is that like... <laughs> there, We got marketing people are always planning. <laughs> they're always planning. I'm sure, I'm sure they've got something really big cooked up for that because 100 years in business, that's an incredible number. Yep. So, yep. Uh, Lindsay, we'll talk with you as the show progresses here. But, yeah, stop by right next to Woods Cross High School. You cannot miss it. It's Murdoch Chevrolet here in Woods Cross. More in a moment, 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back to the Saturday Show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, along for the ride. Hour 2 of the program underway now. We are live today at Murdoch Chevrolet up here in Woods Cross. And uh, Michelle, uh, some news trickled out on social media last night. Sure did. Uh, involving Utah quarterback Brandon Rose. And I still don't know what the relationship is, whether it's sister, girlfriend, mom, whatever it is. But they put out a they put out a post on Instagram saying that Brandon has been released from the hospital. Yeah. He's going to make a full recovery. Yeah. But that set off all kinds of alarm bells for Utah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think we figured out it was maybe a sister. Okay. Got um, it. Okay. Still not one hundred percent sure on that, uh, but yeah, that's not always the news you want to get out of camp. Uh, it, it sounds like it might complicate things a little bit. We'll find out more on Tuesday. Uh, obviously, I, I want to be a little bit careful about how, how we talk sure, about yeah. this uh, just to respect Utah's policies. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, some unfortunate news. Um, and I, I just just not the ideal situation, especially, you know, where it was maybe sounding like he had a legitimate shot to be number two. Well, yeah, and see, that, I, I just want—I I don't want to spend all the time on the injury, obviously. Cause yeah, you want to be do want to be respectful of Utah's injury policy. He did tag it saying, "Thank you for all the prayers. That's love." So it, it sounds like he's doing as well as can be expected. But the the, the question it it lends itself to Michelle, something we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Cam Rising's coming back off an ACL. Yep, eight months and change between the the surgery and then when. Utah takes the field three uh, under three weeks. We're 19 yep. days away uh, from that game between the Utes and the Florida Gators. Uh, we just found out that Florida is going to start Graham Mertz yesterday mm-hmm. in a little bit of a news dump on Friday afternoon, but hey, that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> Cam Rising, if he's not able to go, there were a lot of people, and I, the people I've talked to, that thought that Brandon Rose was the guy. Likely gets the nod if Rising is not cleared. This complicates all of that potentially. So. I want your thought on this. Where is what's the word on Cam Rising? What what are you feeling about all this situation, quarterback wise? You know, uh, a little hard to say on Cam. I and I think they're keeping it quiet, kind of on purpose, as they should. Yes. Um, just I, I think they do want to kind of keep people guessing a little bit. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much we're going to know, not know on that situation. I will say it seems like at least you know watching him walk around, he's moving around fine. Well, they they were watching him doing pickleball down at right. the tactile media camera. He's like, seemed to be good. He's like, yeah, I'm being careful, but yeah. Right. So, I, so you know, I think I think there's a level of they're being careful with him, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but I think there's also a level of we're not 
going to fully tip our hand Why one way you? or the other. Yeah, I'm actually stunned that Florida, Florida did came it. out. Yeah. I, I was a little surprised too because uh, I mean there was some stuff bubbling about oh. They don't know, and it's because nobody looks good yeah. sort of thing. So the fact that they, they pulled the trigger and, and made the announcement was a little surprising to me as well because I was like, oh, I wonder if you're taking a page out of the Kyle Whittingham playbook <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, shrouding some yes. mystery as well. Uh-huh. Uh, but, I, I mean, the, the good news is you do have a guy that you know exactly what he brings in Bryson in, Barnes. In Bryson Barnes mm-hmm. uh, and... And it sounds like they're also keeping him safe. Um, he he is not a contact guy. Yeah. And the, here's the thing: is I see fans getting mad about Brandon and and um, oh gosh, Nate Johnson sure. being live. And uh, you know the fact of the matter is, like they have live game reps of what Bryson looks like under pressure in a legit game situation. They have none of that for really either of the other two. And so. You have to go. You have to go live with them. Mm-hmm. You have to because the last thing you want to do is be like, "Well, yeah, that guy looked really, really great, but he wasn't being touched the entire time." And you trot him out against like Florida. I mean, those are <laughs> who knows what Florida is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the one thing I do know is Florida does have talent. It may not look good, but they do have talent, and they have big guys that are more than capable of causing, especially a young guy some issues you you gotta know what you're what you're getting into with those guys and unfortunately you know sometimes that does mean an injury happens Mm -hmm. um it's just the name of the game so you know i just my thing is just calm down (laughs) it'll be okay michelle you're asking people to act rationally they're 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 protecting the ones that i think they need to protect while trying to find out what they need to know about the ones that they still need to know things about. Well, so, and I, and I can lend a little bit on this from the BYU side of things. Kalani Sataki in the BYU football program, they're having a scrimmage today, Michelle, and uh, typically this first scrimmage for BYU in their training camps has been everybody but the starting quarterback. So in this mm-hmm. case, it would be Keaton Slovis. Because mm-hmm. to your point, they know what Keaton Slovis can do. They've had, they got enough game film from four years of him being a starting quarterback right. to be able to say, okay, we got an idea what this guy can mm-hmm. do. Here's the thing. Beyond him, Cade Fennigan, Jake Retzloff, um, on down the list, Nick Billups, all the other quarterbacks on BYU's roster, zero game reps. At the Division One now level. Power 5 level, mm-hmm. they're going to make a lot of those guys live because they want an idea, okay, how does this person respond when he's got a rush coming at him? Mm-hmm. They, know that they, also, they don't know where it's coming from, and they actually can get hit. Mm-hmm. That's... You can't replicate game reps without actually having physical contact. And, oh, by the way, it is a brutal sport. It is it a is. sport that guys get injured in. And I, I think the one other thing on this situation I, I feel okay saying mm-hmm. is it sounds like this was a freak accident. You okay. could go out a hundred times mm-hmm. and do the same thing. And, and it works out just fine. It works out just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't think what happened, at least from what I've gathered, what's happened could be replicated. Like, it's not a common thing. And it's not one that the program set up to have it happen either. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it was not a, a player being <laughs> reckless with his teammate. Sure. Like, it was a freak accident. Yeah. So calm down. 
So and so here, and okay. The other question that lends itself to, I've seen this on social media, just kind of seeing the chatter amongst fans. A lot of people are saying, "Well, yeah, we know what Bryson Barnes can offer, but why isn't Nate Johnson more in the mix?" The one thing that's been repeated time and time again, I've listened to all these media sessions from Andy Ludwig in particular, is he uses this term: "I want to see replicable." Uh, let's see, it was replicable, replicable accuracy from mm-hmm. Nate Johnson. The ability to go on a day-on and day-out basis and make the throws and make them consistently. That's kind of been the, the, the one knock against Nate Johnson. Phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. Lightning fast. Dynamic. Yeah. Ability to really make you miss with his feet. The issue is, in this offense at Utah, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to throw the ball and throw it accurately. And it seems to be the one thing, the one knock against Nate Johnson right now in his career. You know, and maybe this is a motivating factor to, to just kind of Put his note and not I like I am not saying he has not worked hard because he has worked hard. He's worked very, very hard. Uh, But, you know, that that just little extra edge to be like, okay, like we're we're really going to sit and work on this. And Mm -hmm. I don't God, I hope I don't get in trouble for this one, too. I one thing I noticed Mm -hmm. doing media availability the other day. Nate was one of the last people off the field. He's done that multiple times. I was out there in the spring with you, if you recall, and mm-hmm. he was. We were hoping to talk to him, and he was still working on things when we wanted to talk to him. Yeah, he puts time in. He's he's putting the time in. He's putting the time in to get mm-hmm. better, to be more of a master of his craft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, so I think I think there's a future and a possibility for him. Mm-hmm. But when Utah signed him on. Like, they knew he was going to be a little bit raw, and they'd have to work with him. Especially his throwing mechanics. Uh They knew that the athlete he was. This is a kid who's got legit sprinter speed. You saw last year. They brought him in those circumstances. Oh, he made defenses look like idiots. And and here's the thing is Utah's still planning on using him in that kind of capacity no matter how the depth chart shakes out Mm -hmm. because he's that big of a weapon. And he throws a nice enough ball. You look at the touchdown with Logan Kendall against Stanford last year. You know, he can throw some of that in too that just like suckers defenses in. (laughs) So it's, you know, I I think there's a place for Nate Johnson somewhere in this Utah offense. Mm -hmm. Um, and may, maybe maybe they roll the dice on him and, and see, you know, what what a full game with him looks like. I, I don't know. You know, sure. that that's something that they have another two, three weeks to kind of figure out and decide. Well, they've got about two weeks here left of training camp, and then uh, they'll probably sl- shut it down a little earlier than that, obviously, with the game uh, on a Thursday in that opener against Florida. Uh, with regards to that, Michelle, the reports out of Florida are not pretty. I guess yeah, <laughs> kindest way to say it, like it's sounding a little messy. Billy Napier has got a pretty decent size kind of rebuilding job on his hand. And I think he understood that going in. He got he got bailed out year one because of what Anthony Richardson offered to, mm-hmm. to the program. Incredible athlete. Every Utah fan saw it. Like, oh yeah, toe to toe. Everything seemed to match up and favor Utah in many respects in that game. There was just one wild card that popped up in that game. It just so happened to be Anthony Richardson. Well, it happened to be Anthony Richardson paired with Utah's defense, still a little young and mistake-prone. They hadn't locked it down. Had they been end-of-season defense? Yeah, probably uh, probably a different story. It maybe would have been a different story. Yeah, so the, the situation is you're looking at this with Florida coming in here. They're coming across the country. I'm going to echo something I've heard on our station by a few different one of our few few of our hosts is that even if Cam Rising isn't available for this game, I still just this is a game that I think Utah wins and wins pretty handily. Uh, if Florida, no, no matter who the quarterback, right, is, yeah. right. If if Florida is being 
honest about those reports and they're sure. not, you know. Sandbagging. Yeah. 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 You're spouting a load of crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I just, I think there's enough talent elsewhere mm-hmm. to help kind of disperse a little bit. Now, is that going to be for a whole season's worth of play? I don't think so. Like, sure. you know, Utah's going to need Cam Rising calling the plays at some point in the season. I don't necessarily think it has to be against Florida. Could I be sorely mistaken about that? Yes. Again, that really depends on is Florida being honest about what they're putting out there. You know, we're we're not going to know until August thirty first. <laughs> uh, but but I do think you know Utah has the depth and the experience and the talent elsewhere that they can kind of make up for and get by. It, it feels that way, at least. Yeah. Like, on, on the surface. On I, on paper. Now, I just kind of want to ask you also this, because you've been up there covering Utah, and you don't get to see practice. We, we no. all know this. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it, it's very It's quick. a ridiculous yeah. thought. <laughs> yes. But I want to I want to throw this at you. I want to vibe check. What, what do you, what, what's the feeling around the Utah football program as a whole right now? Like, are they, do you feel like they're feeling like, hey, we got us against the world because people think that we're the back-to-back Pac-12 champions. I don't think we can do that again. What do you, what, what do you take away from the Utes right now? I I kind of get some of that salty confidence okay. that like I, but they're very polite about it. Like <laughs> like it's very like it's very like under the surface. It's not in your face. It's not in your face. Like they're not making claims or saying wild things that like you're gonna circle back later if it doesn't work out and be like, <laughs> like, yeah. wow, you guys were full of yourselves, mm-hmm. drinking your own Kool Aid. Like it, it's it's what you would expect of a Kyle Whittingham team. Like sure. you you can just kind of tell there's that little bit of an edge. It feels like they maybe know something that we're all waiting to find <laughs> out. We'll see if that ends up being accurate or not. Yeah. Uh, but but I also think you know there's some legitimate concerns. But I also think that's most like most teams that are realistic about yeah. you know. Um, if you're sitting back and going, oh, yeah, like, well, this isn't going to be a problem, it, it might be a problem. There's something going on. The, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I I, think they're just taking it day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it just – it, it feels like they're pretty confident is what I and – ha- and, again, have kind of that little edge that they're kind of famous for gosh disrespected don't like you do realize you know we have all this going for us and you're talking like we're starting over and you know so it's gonna be i'm really curious to see how this plays out because i think this team is going to be really really good the problem is there's a lot of really really good teams on their schedule and so i mean this this is going to be a real test of you know what does this depth look like how how experienced is this team really in comparison to some of the other things that other teams have going on. They haven't really ever had to face that before. Um, and so I kind of feel like that's like Whittingham always talked about like steps and progressions, Correct, how, yeah. you know, they had to go to the Pac-12 championship a couple of times mm-hmm. and lose before they got over the hump and they've won it. This feels like another one of those steps. They flirted with kind of maybe being a college football playoff team. Well, you need to win these kinds of games in order to get over that hump. Can they do that? We're going to find out. 2023, well, let's go. Yeah, and that, that, I think that's a very good point there because Kyle 
Whittingham, one of his least favorite things in the world is having uh, bulletin, bo- bulletin board material available to other teams about his team. Mm-hmm. He wants nothing more, though, than to have bulletin board material available to his team. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and people keep giving it to him. That's, that's the, best, the crazy that, thing. That's the best part about well, it. Yeah. What y'all doing? <laughs> like, you'd think at some point somebody would realize, you know, we don't want to like, do this. Let, let's not talk about this. <laughs> Bad idea. Let's not add extra motivation <laughs> to a program that's already very just, motivated. And they, they do like Utah to their credit. It feels like they still like. You would think some programs winning back to back Pac-12 titles, Michelle, might get a little full of themselves mm-hmm. and kind of lose that edge. I don't get any of that Mm-mm. at all from Utah right now. Mm-mm. It feels like they are carrying forward, and they're just they're very much like you know what? We're still the. Uh, uh, Underrepresented, disrespected, redheaded stepchild of this conference. Yeah. But and we're going to go out and prove it once again to you guys, and that's the right mentality to have. Totally, totally. Now, I also wanted to ask you in terms of uh, looking at the Pac-12 as a whole. You mentioned the, the good teams they got on the schedule here: mm-hmm. USC, Washington, Oregon, even Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Like Oregon I, State I, I looks you go right on the list. Like. Even on any given day, it feels like Arizona with Jaden Delora running the controls. It feels like Arizona could be a little bit of a, I guess, a spoiler maker in a way. Mm-hmm. As we continue to draw closer and closer to the season here, what what are you thinking? Like, what where do you think the Pac-12? Because to me, if it's going to be the final season, whatever this Pac-12 iteration is going to be, and it might be one of the best we've seen in, in recent memory. And do you still feel that, or do you feel like it might be changing a little bit? Oh, I think it's going to be incredibly chippy. Okay. I think there's a lot of hurt feelings. <laughs> I, I think yeah. there's people mad at other people. Um, well, and, and, Washington and, State made that very clear this week. Yeah. yeah. And, and to be honest, you know, I think there there's a lot of people that would love to hang their hat on. We were the last to do it in this era of college football. That sure. trophy belongs to us. Hey, Utah State has the last whack. Uh, trophy from the when the WAC's now an FCS right. conference. They have the last WAC FBS trophy. They won it in 2012 before the WAC went under. Right. So, you know, so so I think I I think we're going to see people's best efforts this year. I really do. I really really do. Now, is it USC that everybody's kind of still pointing to? Do you feel like because PK made an interesting point? PK thinks that Washington is the is the program to beat. I was I was stunned when he said that. Like I'm like Washington of all of them, but I, the more here, I think about it, the Huskies are pretty. Are here's pretty the good. thing: I think Washington has the better potential to be more well-rounded. Okay, they're like, not they're not so reliant on one thing and one thing. They, like here's the thing: people keep doing the oh USC. They brought in a transfer, and it's going to change. No, it takes more than one transfer to change your defense. And sure. oh, by the way, you spend a ton of money bringing in a quarterback coach mm-hmm. that, like, you kind of didn't need Yeah. when you maybe should have been looking at the deep, like, it's, I like, I, to me, it's classic Lincoln Riley. I, I think he still thinks he's playing in the Big 12, and defense doesn't matter, and I'm just going to outshoot people. And I'm telling you, like, he's going to run into either Oregon State, Utah, maybe Washington, mm-hmm. And it's going to rock his world again, and USC fans are going to be mad because <laughs> they don't have a defense to match. To they don't even have to match the offense. Yeah. Um. I, like I. I just. I. I don't buy the USC hype. Quite like I think they're going to be very good, and I think sure. they're going to be a problem. 
Like Caleb Williams is always, always, always going to give you a chance and a shot. And those receivers always, always, always going to give you a shot. I, my personal feeling, I think Utah and Washington are better. I think they're more well-rounded. I do. Well, that's the thing about it. It's going to be interesting to see if they can go out and prove it because that's the biggest thing is you got to you got to prove it. In those games, you've got to be able to go out there. You're, you're right. It, it does feel like in some ways USC, they are like, you know what? We'll just outgun you. And it didn't work for you last year, and I don't think it's going to work for you this year. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. We'll get to five minutes of talk about some of the other topics that we have not had a chance to talk about on today's show. We'll get to that. But first, we need to talk with Lindsey uh, from Murdoch Chevrolet. He is the sales manager here. And uh, Lindsey, people know this location. Anybody who's driven on I-15 in, in this vicinity, going to Lagoon, just happen to be driving maybe to on a family road trip, you can't miss this location. It's right off the I-15. That, absolutely. And uh, like we've mentioned, right next to Woods Cross High School, right off of Wildcat Way, we're a great location. People know us, like you said. We've been around for a gazillion years. And <laughs> 97th anniversary sales yeah. event. That means you've been around for a minute. <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, we have. Now, uh, so you've already mentioned that you get $7,000 off the half-ton uh, Silverado 1500s. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, what, what else is going on? The sales event, obviously, that means you've got other opportunities for people out there. What else can they look forward to if they want to stop by? Well, one of the things we've mentioned all along that uh, when you walk through our doors, you feel like family. We truly are a, a very family-oriented dealership here. We're co-workers and everything. We kind of yeah. consider all of us family. We have fun. We, we banter back and forth and we just have a, a very fun environment, culture here. Very non-pressure. But one of the things we always like to do is the the 97 anniversary sale, 97 years in the business with a 7,000 off. Yeah. We will we're, we're pushing to sell cars. We're pushing to get things done. So We'd love the opportunity to show what we can do for you on trades. Love the opportunity to show you what we can do on not just the Silverados, but we've got Trailblazers, we've got Blazers, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of vehicles that are on the lot right Actually now. Actually here. You Actually have, you, here. You don't have to order it. You can come test drive it. All that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm only slightly disappointed. I haven't seen Blake yet. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I love that dude. He's just he's one of our people. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna needle him a little bit <laughs> yeah. on, on air. But uh, obviously, 97 years in business. Uh, Great stuff. They got the Trail Boss sitting right behind us here. Uh, my mom drives a Tahoe. She's driven a Tahoe, I think, for like three decades at this point. She's upgraded hers. She's a Chevy like fanatic about them. So it, it's a great brand of vehicles. You've talked about the seven thousand dollars off. Anything else you might want to let the people know about? Well, mentioned you mentioned Tahoes and Suburbs. We actually have some of those here. Oh, sweet. Um, okay. Used yeah. very very slightly used. Okay. Very little. Low yeah. miles on them. Sure. We actually have Tahoes with uh, the Duramax diesel engine in them ah, that yes. are here okay. that people can come and test drive and, and take a look at and stuff. So we have a lot of a uh, lot of product that are, that's here. You don't have to wait for. You mm-hmm. can come and check it out, take a look at it, and and uh, then give us the opportunity to show what we can do. All the options are here. That's the best part about it. And yep. that, a lot of people out there they're wondering, okay, can I actually get my hands on something? That's the Biggest deal. All right, Lindsay, we'll talk to you a little bit more as the show progresses. More in a moment. Five minutes of coming up. This is 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone.
Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle Bodkin, Jay Catch, along for the ride. Live today on location at Murdoch Chevrolet up in Woods Cross. Love for you guys to stop by, check out all they got going on. Michelle, have you seen these, by the way, the, the new uh, the new tents that they can put on these uh, trucks and whatnot? That you can like, do like overland expeditions and like you don't have to set up. You just open it up and the tent's ready to roll. It's awesome. I have seen stuff like that. I just, I will never drive a truck. I will probably. Why not? They're too big. They are <laughs> okay. too big. Like I freak out driving. Like, so with the stallions, uh-huh. not, not to bring that up again, but we had the sprinter vans to oh, like yeah, take yeah. guys okay. like to and from stuff mm-hmm. for the longest time. They had me driving that. And I'm oh, like, okay. And I still, I had just come off having my 300 ZX. Never had driven anything like that before. And I'm like, do you guys realize how stupid this is? Like, <laughs> at, like I am driving around in a car with a bunch of people in the back that I'm not used to doing. Sure. And it's like, like it's a liability, guys. Like, whoa, what are we doing here? Um, but you do realize that at home, like, I have my 300 ZX, which yeah. is, like, not this. At all. Not even close. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I was so uncomfortable with that the entire time. Like, I just, I do not do big cars. Like, the car that I currently have now is as big as I'm ever going to go. Like, okay. I just, I don't. So, unless someone else is going to, like, drive me around in that, that is not my future. <laughs> it's an awesome It's cool, ride. though. Yeah. It's really cool. I'm looking at it. I'm like, I would totally drive that. I'd love something like that. But... Uh, yeah, it's just awesome stuff. We'll talk more with Lindsay as we finish up today's show. But I wanted to start off here in five minutes of Michelle talking about uh, the NFL. You mentioned that you may watch the NFL preseason tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of the games earlier this week, last night or on Thursday? No, not 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 earlier in the week. So I'm I'm hoping today is like my day. We got a chance to see uh, Jaron Hall in his first NFL action. He came in in the second half on Thursday night uh, as uh, the Minnesota Vikings were in Seattle. And he looked okay. Like, the thing about Jaron is he, I, he's what he is. Like, yeah. Think about this. He's an older player. He's 25 years old. But the, the offense that uh, Minnesota was running in, that, in Michelle, I remember I, I watched a few of the series and I'm like, this is just like him doing what he did at BYU. It was almost like it was just like it was just he stepped from one team to the other, and it was really in many ways running kind of the same same type of offense. Well, I, I think that's probably why they took him. They, a they, yeah, well, and yeah, um, they, he they, he fits in because the, the nice thing about BYU and Utah's developing this with Andy Ludwig as well. Yes, they're echoing a lot offense. of the pro style, and the pro style offense is a moniker that people use all the time. These two leagues, speaking of the college football realm and the NFL, have crossover mm-hmm. in so many All ways. The time. And they're kind of melding together. But the, the two offenses here in this state, speaking of Utah and BYU, they are actually replicating a lot of what their quarterbacks are going to see at the next level, mm-hmm. which actually translates really well for NFL scouts to be able to look at and say, okay, yeah, Jaron Hall can do this. Yeah. Zach Wilson can do that. Mm-hmm. Cam Rising, he'll fit. Like, you can see it on the field. You don't right. have to project it. And, and to Utah's credit as well, they do that on the defense as yes, well. Yeah. Uh, and that was a topic of conversation this week. So okay. uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's I, at least on Utah's part, and it sounds like BYU too, they're doing things that guys are going to see mm-hmm. at the next level. And so it's just training to be ready for the next level, and that's huge. And, and to your point about Jaron Hall, yeah, like I, I think he's a guy. He's very talented, but he has some limitations. But he's in he's in a system that works 
for what he does and who he is and where he's at. And I think that's why they took him. And I think he's also in a situation, again, he was, he, God help him if he had been like a, a first round pick and was expected sure. to like carry yeah. it. Like he's not that guy and not to say that he can't be that guy, mm-hmm. but I think he needs to sit behind someone and who better than someone like Kirk cousins. Yeah. That that's also kind of you had some of those like early struggles in his career and stuff. Um, I, I just, I think that's a really good mentor. Yeah. Cause Kirk cousins was a mid round pick as well. Who right. worked his way into being a, a starter. Core. Yeah. So, so, you know, I think, I think that's the path for Jaron. If, if Jaron's going to eventually, you know, kind of become something in the NFL other than like kind of the security blanket backup quarterback, mm-hmm. I, I think looking and modeling himself after someone like Kirk cousins and, and really being in a system that works for him is the key. And, and it sounds like he's got that all right there in Minnesota. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see how that, that develops. By the way, have you been overwhelmed with how much talk there's been about Dalton Kincaid? It's been, I, I love it. it. It's been fun to see. You know what? Say. And there's been some good Clark Phillips chatter, too, outside of the injury. Yeah. But it sounds like that wasn't maybe as bad as it could have been. When so. he was carted off, everybody's like, oh, oh no. no. But, yeah, the, the news coming out afterwards was better better than you because trust me when you hear a guy gets carted off yeah like, oh. oh man that that's not good uh but yeah no oh the choo-choo let's go <laughs> dalton dalton kincaid hype train the, the bills are taking on the indianapolis colts you already have preseason action underway the, uh, this morning i know it's afternoon where they're playing it uh i just pulled up the box I'm, I'm only slightly disappointed that there's no dalton kincaid receptions yet i'm just saying boo <laughs> hopefully hopefully it's coming hopefully yeah. i can get home and actually like sit and See watch that yeah. yeah yeah no doubt about that um other thing about the nfl is uh have you you did you watch the quarterback series? Did you watch that with Kirk Cousins I on did. Netflix? I did. It was really good. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I had a completely different perception of Kirk Cousins going into that series versus coming out of it. I kind of felt that way about everyone except for actually. I didn't really know a whole lot about Kirk Cousins. If I'm being honest, okay. I had a very different perception of Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Uh, and then, I mean, I thought Marcus Mariota was everything I thought Marcus Mariota was going to be. So, I I, I got to say, kind of agree with you on all on all points there. I just the Cousins thing. I I had I because I, I I admittedly I he's a Michigan State guy played for Washington. I was like, okay, I got an idea. But then hearing him kind of, I'm like, okay, I got a whole different look yeah. at, at, the, at this guy. And that's the thing about that's why that that, that exists. Uh-huh. Now I'm only. I, I, there were some quarterbacks out there that are like, hey, do you want to be on it? And they're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm interested to see what the next season, who they ultimately do feature Right, in it. right. No, I, you know, I think it's a really cool way to get a look at, you know, what these guys are, who they are. Um, you know, quarterback's an interesting position uh, because sometimes you can end up getting, like, the biggest jerks. <laughs> Yeah. In that position. Yeah. And then you have other guys that I think balance it a lot better. They're they're kind of that cocky jerk on the field, but like off of it, totally cool, chill, nice, you know, understand. They can flip the switch. They can yeah. flip the switch. And it's just, it's very interesting to see, you know, who someone really is. Because sometimes it's hard to tell with the quarterback, you know, our are, are you always this like guy that's just like, Ugh, like I, I can I can do whatever, yeah. um, or, or does that turn off when you're kind of at home? Um, but also the the prep work that goes into it, like 
There is an insane, insane, insane amount of prep work that goes into being QB1. Well, and QB2. Like sure, any yeah. any cu- quarterback. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have to be prepared and you have to be so diligent. It It isn't a wake up and, and roll into the facility, practice a little bit, and then go home yeah. type of deal. Like, I, there is a lot that goes into it if you are going to be elite at that level. Well, and you're dedicated. You're, you dedicate your, your life to it mm-hmm. in many ways. And that, that's, that can be tough to do for certain guys. But that's the thing about it is if you want to be at the level that, in this case, these NFL quarterbacks are at, it gave you a look at just how devoted mm-hmm. they are to it. They, they sacrifice a lot of other stuff to do mm-hmm. what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there, there is definitely not a lot of outside life. No doubt about that. Um, high school football started last night here around the state of Utah. It was fun to actually watch football. And the high school football is an interesting thing to me, Michelle, because it's, uh, it's a sport that uh, there's, a, there's a huge talent disparity. Talking about, like, compare, like, to, like, the NFL is, like, the elite of the elite. Like, right. we're talking, like, 1% of college, footballs in real, uh, college football players will get their chance to play at the NFL level. It's a little higher than that, maybe about 5%. But the high school to the college jump – it's even it's incredible in its own right. But the fun part about high school football for me, because I, I call it for KSL Sports Rewind, it's fun to be out there, is just the the, the the opportunity for everybody that wants to pursue it, they can. Like you've got guys out there who are Division One, potentially future NFL guys mm-hmm. going against guys like me who are never going to play beyond the high school level. Right. But it's fun to see them go live their dream. And like last night, we had Corner Canyon start their season, and a lot of people think that Corner Canyon just with the additions they got, Isaiah Garcia who transferred in from Cypress, Bo Tate who's committed to Baylor who transferred over from Skyline, already Isaac Wilson at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, they went out against a Granger team that's got a Division One athlete in their own right, and uh, uh, Sue Carson Suasue who's committed to BYU, and rolled to a fifty-five to seven victory. I'm like, holy smokes. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is brutal. But I I mean it is interesting and I think honestly we see a little bit more of that mixture although we're starting to see that kind of go away too. Mm-hmm. Interesting and interestingly enough um, cuz people are transferring in yeah. in order to make these like great super teams here, but like back in the day, like that really was true. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you'd have a few superstars sprinkled here and there throughout the state. And then a bunch of guys that pro- probably aren't going to go any further, and um, it's a lot less. It was a lot less concentrated in comparison to say like a Texas or a Florida yeah. or a California, where basically everybody's rolling deep. Uh, <laughs> and like I said, I, I think we're starting to see that shift and change um, a little bit here. Sure. I, I don't know that we'll ever get quite quite to those places level it's just it's still going to be a much smaller environment yeah but uh yeah where i it's there is talent here and it's starting to kind of congregate <laughs> in certain spots oh, I, that's the thing. i've had, I had somebody ask me like well we haven't seen this much like talent like i mean we have you can go back through the eras of high school football in this state can, it just was very spread out it was but there were still there were still pockets of it. like skyline trust me skyline was a skyline had its moments tim view had its moments all of them have had them bingham had it. like here's the thing it's still fun to watch people go out and play like i had jordan and uh, tim Pinellas last night jordan uh, there were man i did my little spotting chart yesterday to kind of keep track of guys jordan i think of their skill positions had just uh, all but one position and had guys playing both ways. Huh. But the fun part was is there were three or four of those guys on Jordan's team that I'm like, 
these guys are good. Like right. uh, Darrell Nichols is one, for example. He took one play on a screen pass. Michelle made one move and eighty yards down the sideline for a touchdown. I'm like, where did that come from? Like, right, it's, right. It's just fun to watch. So high school football. If you, I'm just, I'm gonna make another PSA. Get out and watch it. It's fun. It, it, it's relatively inexpensive. The games are not. It's not four hour commitment. It's yeah. Two and a half at the very most. If you get a stinker of a game, just go walk the track. That's yeah. what that, yeah. <laughs> that was. That was my high school yeah. experience because yeah, yeah, yeah. Olympus was not good when I was there. Michelle's <laughs> <laughs> wandering the tracks. That, that was everybody though. Yeah. You paid five dollars to go into the game, yeah. walk the track, and then go across the street to Arby's. Okay. Oh, hey. That that was Friday night. Yeah. I could I could not tell you what our teams did. <laughs> like, and I'm a football girl. Sure. Like, yeah. But never paid attention to the games. So, Had no idea. I was playing in the games, but after the game, we went to Wendy's right down the street from Mountain View. So it's kind of what you do. Like, yeah. yeah so. that, that's Friday night in Utah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we get crazy, let me tell you. No, nonetheless. A <laughs> um, couple other things is that uh, the, the World Cup of Basketball is coming. Do you care about this, Michelle? Like, it's, it's an international competition, but I just... I hadn't heard anything about okay, so this. That so so, so that, think, it, that tells you. I think that explains exactly what's going on here. So Walker Kessler, who plays for the Utah Jazz, okay. is on Team USA. Okay. Uh, Spain is the defending champions in this event, but uh, Jordan Clarkson's playing for the Philippines from the Utah Jazz. <gasps> but the thing about it is the, the Olympics are next year in Paris. Yeah. And this is a chance for some of these teams to automatically qualify for that. Okay. But it just feels like it's getting... It, it, it's, it's not getting as much run as people want it to have, if that makes sense. There are people yeah. like, out there talking about it on social media. When I, trying to make, this is, I'm like, it's just, it, okay, great. You know what? Actually, now that I think about it, I, I, I think I've seen Ben in our private chats talking a he's little bit a about, little bit about it. it. Yeah. yeah. He's so talking about it on his show. He, he, he's following it. Yeah. Okay, so may, maybe I know like just the tiniest iota the ba- ab- the about level. it. The fact that it exists yeah, be- because of Ben. Shout out Ben An- Anderson. Yeah, so if you want to watch it, there's a showcase event. It's going to be at one thirty, I think, this afternoon on FS1, a chance to see Walker Kessler and Team USA. Uh, Luka Doncic, obviously the star for the Dallas Mavericks. He plays for Slovenia, and apparently he's sitting out. They're playing Slovenia, and I'm like, okay, if you want people to tune in. Right, like – you probably should play. And probably. he's saying he wants to obviously get ready for the actual World Cup. This is a warm-up game for that. But here's the thing. You're not going to get traction on this unless you have the best players actually playing. Play. It's what the NBA regular season is having an issue with right yeah. now. Guys sitting out. Like it's just it, That's the why. Like, I hear people tell the NBA should have better ratings. Well, guess what? When you have guys taking weeks off at a time because of load management and the like, mm-hmm. you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, people want to see the stars. They want to, they want to see them play. All right, uh, we will come back on the other side. Wrap things up with some final thoughts here. We are live today at Murdoch Chevrolet here in Woods Cross. Love for you guys to stop by. Sean, our tech here, has got plenty of candy sitting out on the table. i got some jazz gear as well if you want to pick that up. More to come. This is the Saturday Show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Down, down, on the ground. 
Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Saving the best for last in terms of the music selections today right here. That You can cr- crank that back up there, Alex. Alex producing for us, helping Sarah out. But, yeah, nonetheless, good stuff. And, by the way, Studio 54, that, that documentary, you really enjoyed it? I, Michelle Bodkin, obviously, Jay Catch. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I love watching stuff like that. I watch all kinds of musical documentaries, um, cultural documentaries about like times times and places i've often said i think i was born in the wrong era i would have i would have thrived as like a teen and young adult through the 60s and 70s okay for sure for sure uh and it uh, like i always comment too it makes me laugh because like i i love band Mm t-shirts and uh, like especially like classic old rock sure and i have some hip-hop stuff as well but mostly classic old rock and Whit will like read my shirts all the time and kind of do a like you know who that is and I'm like Whit like I, your son Alex is more or less the same age as me and he knows all this stuff like I don't know why we're so surprised Kyle <laughs> Kyle uh, just knowing what I know of him he considers himself to be like a, an expert let's put it that way on, on classic and he is tr- he is to his credit he but is very much so also to your point he, I think he's convinced like the, the younger generations have no idea really but we got an idea this, still. This yeah. one does. Yeah. D- didn't, I'm not maybe as, as young as I once was, you know, but, like, I, st- I still have a clue. You're, you're well-versed in it. it. It was at, like, there was this one time, and I wish I remembered the context of the conversation, but Jerk Facer, rest in peace, mm-hmm. and Kyle Whittingham were having a discussion about Spinal Tap, and at one point they <laughs> looked over at me and they're like, you probably don't know what that is. And it's like, no, I've I've actually heard of Spinal Tap, like... To give me some credit here, guys. Like maybe young, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I, I I know what you're. T- they're probably like, really? Yeah. I like I've seen Easy Rider. Like I actually had to yeah. write a college paper on that. Like I know some things. Yeah. I know some things. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So like the Studio 54 thing. It's on, it's on my list of like things I need to watch. I, it was very very interesting. The problem is we're going into football season, Michelle. I know. And I'm, yeah. I'll like, probably get to it like next like March. And be like, hey, Michelle, did you see this great documentary on Studio 54? I'm I'm only being partially facetious. My wife legitimately sent me a meme yesterday that said, hey, you have anything to say? It's that meme that says, um, do you have anything to say to me before football season begins? Right. Because she knows. Like, and I, I bless her heart. Like, she, she puts up with a lot of stuff this time of year because I'm everywhere. I'm at football practices. I'm calling games. I'm doing mm-hmm. pre- and post-game shows. She, she, she says fall is the time of year when I become a single parent. And right. She, and she only says it only slightly seriously. Yeah. But to her credit, she puts up with it. So. Yeah, yeah. It's if if you're gonna do the whole marriage long term relationship thing, find find you a good one because it's it someone that can stand on their own because yes. it, it is not for the faint of heart, not they, at all, not they, slightly. They have to be able to operate independently. There's no yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're a needy person, anyone working in sports, <laughs> not horrible that idea. That ain't gonna be. That ain't gonna. Hor- fly. Horrible idea. That ain't gonna. Horrible fly. idea. Doesn't matter if they play, report on, coach. Yep. Horrible idea. There's a pretty big, uh, yeah, pretty big deal going on there. All right, uh, it's been a ton of fun though. It's been a fun show. Any final thoughts from you? I, I, I think I'm good. Okay, I like that. I think I'm good. I think we got it all, got it all, all out there. So we'll finish off with the be- saving the best for last. Talking with Lindsay, is the floor manager and the sales manager here at uh, Murdoch Chevrolet, and uh, Lindsay. 
we've been talking a lot about the 97th anniversary sales event going on, and I think that's the biggest thing about like what the Murdochs stand for is we've got a lot of uh, auto groups that exist around this state. But when you've been in business for 97 years, it means you've got some staying power. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those cliches. You hear it all the time with any corporation. You love to pride yourself on integrity, love you pride yourself on transparency, things like that. And we truly do that. When people walk through our doors, the, the adage of treating them like family, but we literally show them sure. everything. We're as transparent as we can be. Any, any questions they'll ask us, we will answer their questions. We'll show them any documentation they want to see, and, and uh, we just like to pride ourselves on that and do it the right way well and that, that that's one thing knowing the murdochs obviously the institution here in the state that's kind of what they've, they've built it you talk about the family aspect of this uh obviously coming in here with the sales event going on we've talked about the silverados it's, it's seven thousand off is that correct correct up to seven thousand off it's pretty incredible in terms of the savings yeah, absolutely <laughs> Because like, we, we were talking off air, and you're talking about some of the, the prices of what was being paid at points during the. We've just got, we're, we're still in the pandemic technically, but it's not as bad as it once was. The prices, like, it's crazy, crazy car market out there. That, absolutely, but but it's uh, as we mentioned previously that uh, things are kind of normalizing. Yeah. We're, we've got a lot of lot of product on the ground as they sure. say right now a lot of silverados a lot of hds we've got trailblazers for people to drive blazers for people to drive tahoe suburbans I mean, we've got a lot of product here people come come in and take a look at it, and we've got one of the one of the largest uh, used car inventory as well i want to ask about the used cars kind of thing side of things because a lot of people out there have looked at the used car market it's kind of fluctuated a lot during this period uh with regards to how that's looking like what what's the outlook right now as far as used cars, yeah, used cars, yeah, yeah. There, there's a. We've got uh, corporate buyers that are constantly looking across the nation buying vehicles for us. People are always trading in their vehicles yeah. and stuff. We do a very intense um, through our service department to where we do reconditioning on the vehicles, okay. and it's a pass fail system here. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't pass, we fix it. We okay. replace it, and that's that's up to a, a certain amount. If someone trades in a 25-year-old car. I'm not so sure we're going to worry too much about that. <laughs> but uh, if, if it's got uh, lower miles on it yeah. and, and fairly new within a within a nine-year period, we'll take it through reconditioning process. And, and it's uh, we take it through a pretty intense process. And so when there's used cars out on the lot, rest assured that things have been fixed on those vehicles and, and uh, we'll transparency once again we'll yeah. show them what's been done and show them that sheet well i guess the the biggest thing is that it comes back to the point like you guys want to make sure it's it, it's all set up for the consumer themselves like the, the person that comes in here they feel like they're they know what they're getting into that, absolutely absolutely we're not going to hide anything all right well uh lindsey before we go i asked michelle that exact same question anything else you want to get out there for our listeners before we go here i i think we're good just uh please please come down give yeah. us the opportunity let us uh let us give us the the opportunity to show us what we can do for you and and uh, make us part of the or have you be, be part, part of, the, of family. the Murdoch yeah. family. So well, and you can't miss this location right off I fifteen, right next to Woods Cross High School. Love for you to stop by. I think we'll be back here in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to coming back and talking with you some more. All right, look forward to it as well. All right, that's going to do it for this Saturday show. Hope you all are doing well out there. And for Michelle, Alex, uh, Sean, Sarah, we had a whole crew of people helping us out today. But for all of them, I'm Jay Catch. Have a great rest of your Saturday. This is ninety seven point five FM, the KSL Sports Zone.
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.